I'm Hannah Garland, mom, wife, formerly overwhelmed human being, and I believe in living an uncommon life. In my uncommon life, I know I'm not meant to be a perfect person, but I am meant to be a peaceful one, free from anxiety and unrest. In pursuit of this purpose, I live intentionally, making choices to take care of myself, simplify all facets of my life, and trust in God. Do you feel like it takes every ounce of your energy just to barely get through each day? Too often people, especially wives and moms, feel chronically anxious and unwell because they don't devote time to understanding what would truly bring them peace and joy. Meanwhile, they go through the motions and miss out on their purpose. I want to invite you to stop surviving and start thriving. Learning to thrive can be a simple notion. Sometimes it looks like getting through the day, but with more peace and fulfillment. Your uncommon life will look differently than anyone else's. My goal is to empower you with the knowledge to make choices for yourself that are beneficial for your mind, body, and soul. This is your uncommon life. Start living it. Hello, everyone. Yesterday, I managed a nine-month-old who refused to nap because he's teething and instead spent the entire nap time crying and chewing on his crib. Then he proceeded to spend the rest of the afternoon crying and getting into everything because he was exhausted because he didn't nap. He pulled his white noise machine down on his head. He got stuck under the rowing machine. He cried for no reason a lot and generally had a super challenging day for a baby. He's starting to stand up, so he was falling constantly and needing to be helped and consoled when he hurt himself. For hours, I was interrupted every 30 seconds, never finished a single thing I intended to finish, never got to sit down, though my pregnant body needed it, and he's still doing it. As I record this, he's supposed to be napping. It's been about 20 minutes, and he's just kind of moaning and standing up in his crib. So we're going through a phase. It's challenging for everyone. If you saw me yesterday, you might not guess that I was pursuing my passions. You might see a tired mom doing thankless grunt work, and you'd be right. This mom is tired, but she's doing exactly what she wants to and is content to be here, right here. This is my passion. My passion is whatever today brings me. If you saw me yesterday, you also might not guess that I am content, but you'd also be wrong. After years of pursuing fulfillment in my career and trying to follow my passions, I'm finally pursuing things that fill my heart with gladness. And it's not always about the things or the tasks I'm doing on a daily basis. It's about the kind of person I'm trying to shape myself into and what I center my life around. It's about finding opportunities for passion in my day-to-day life, where I'm at, instead of looking elsewhere, looking to the next thing, and hoping that the grass is greener. So today's topic is pursuing your passions, how it might not look like exactly what you think it looks like, and how it ties into contentment. But first, let's unlearn a few lies. How many times have you heard a celebrity say in an award speech, Just follow your passions wherever they lead you. Don't give up on your dreams. The premium our culture puts on passions is huge, and it's really misleading. Today, I'll try to make my counterpoint clear. Don't follow your passions. Instead, incorporate them into your life. But there are a lot of stereotypes and bad advice that we have to break down first. 
It took me years to unlearn everything I absorbed from culture about following my passions. Have you ever received the advice that in order to pursue your passions, you should find a job you're passionate about or do something fulfilling or meaningful for work? I have. I graduated from college thinking my career needed to fulfill me in some way. It wasn't like a conscious, overt thing I was thinking. It was this subconscious drive. I think it was something I just absorbed over years of being an American and hearing people tell other people or tell me that passions are what is important in your career. So when a job felt unfulfilling or was disappointing, I often received advice to pursue a different job that fed my passions. By listening to this advice, I had given power to my job, which is a temporary, circumstantial thing to fulfill me. No one or nothing should have that power. I had also allowed a job to dictate what I was passionate about. That's a high bar for a job to meet. It's a high bar for any temporary circumstantial thing to meet. And so ultimately, I was let down. In this pursuit, I wound up over 30 years old, still uncertain about what I cared about, what I was passionate about, feeling aimless. And I imagine I'm not alone in experiencing that. There's nothing wrong with looking for something to do that feeds your passions or is fulfilling. But it can be misleading and disappointing to look exclusively or primarily to this temporary circumstantial thing like a job to provide that fulfillment. When I talk about jobs or work today, I'm not only referring to paid work at like an organization or a business, I'm talking to the primary responsibility that you do every day. We all work in some fashion and are typically productive in some way every day. So what you do is your job. It could be for a paycheck. But if you don't work a traditional job or get a paycheck, know that you still have a job, whether it's being a stay-at-home parent, caring for elderly family members, volunteering, managing your home, or something else. So when I say job or work today, just just keep that in mind. It's I'm only referring to what you do. Have you ever heard the saying Find a job you enjoy doing and you will never have to work a day in your life. Well, that is such a lie. It sounds nice, but the truth is that we are always working. Work is a fact of life, whether it's paid or not. And I can think of several examples of people who end up hating their passion projects once they're forced to do them for a paycheck. Passions are a fleeting thing to pursue. Bring them with you, but don't center your life around them. Furthermore. Pursuing your passion doesn't always look the way people think it looks. And sometimes you have to build opportunities for yourself or look for passion in your current circumstances before looking elsewhere. Today's podcast is the first of two parts. Today, we will talk about what it means to pursue your passions, why contentment is the key to understanding your motivation for pursuing your passions, and if you are motivated to pursue them outside of your current circumstances, Why? Why do you want to pursue them? Why do you want to look elsewhere? So today's podcast is kind of like a yield sign or a yellow light. If you have some big dream or change that you want to pursue, some passion that you want to go after, fine, but take a moment to think deeply about why and what you want to get out of it. Next week will be more of a green light with some caveats, and the conversation will be more tactical. We'll talk about how to find what your passion is, 
finding the intersection of passions, gifts, or skills, and opportunities, motivation to get started, and why it's best to avoid looking for validation. In the event that you are quite sure that your passion has to be pursued, you have some big, hairy, crazy dream that you've just got to go after, it is important that you don't let other people's opinions or validation slow you down. Once you've put in the hard work of understanding if it's really the right thing for you to pursue. So tune in next week for a discussion about that. So if work is simply what you do every day and we don't always have a choice in the matter, then doesn't it make sense to look for the joy, passion, and contentment we need in our daily circumstances first before we look to another job or another situation? How can we find passion and contentment where we're at and make an opportunity there before looking elsewhere? I used to work full-time, often overtime, and it was a joyless, passionless pursuit because I expected it to fill me and it didn't, so I was constantly disappointed. Now, I'm a mom. That is my primary job. And it can be hard for stay-at-home moms to feel fulfilled in this job when it's relatively thankless, no one validates our decisions, the fruit of our labors is not immediate, there isn't much of a social scene, and we don't get paid. When I graduated from college, this wasn't exactly what I had in mind. Now that I'm here and have reflected a lot about why I'm here, I can confidently say that I'm very passionate about this job and find it extremely fulfilling. But not for the reasons you might think. I'm not passionate about it because of what I do, because of the tasks or the activities or something that I get out of it. I'm passionate about it and find it fulfilling because it is where God put me. And I'm sure he has a reason for it. And most parts of it, I I do genuinely love doing every single day. But even the parts that I don't love are good for me and are sanctifying. And I recognize that and find fulfillment in that. It is fulfilling to know that I'm growing as a person every day. However, when I chose to become a stay-at-home mom, a few people in my social circle questioned that decision. And one even said, I wouldn't be able to do that because I just have to pursue my passions. That comment really stuck with me. The presupposition seemed to be that being a stay-at-home mom wasn't a passionate pursuit or that I couldn't pursue any passions while momming every day. These are not mutually exclusive things, though. In my blog last week called Are Children a Hindrance or a Blessing? I talk about the decision to have children and stay home and how fulfilling it's been for me in ways that I couldn't have anticipated. Not fulfilling because of what I do or what I get out of it, but fulfilling because of how it's helping me become the person I need to become. Things like that carry more value in life than any paycheck ever could. Another job I have is this podcast, though I'm not paid. But by calling it my work, it's easier to create a solid balance between when I spend time on it and when I focus on my real priorities, like my family. It also helps me focus and dedicate time to it more than I would just a casual hobby. This podcast job is a passion project. So instead of writing as a career, which I did spend years doing and disliking because of everything else that went along with it. I realized that I could build that opportunity for myself without even leaving my home under my own agenda. Pursuing your passion could just look like building your own opportunity out of your current circumstances. 
Before you look to pursue your passions, consider how you could become passionate about your current situation. Consider what the value is of looking elsewhere and why you want to. Not working a traditional job has altered my perspective on where to find fulfillment and what a job should provide for you. It has made me realize that I was putting a lot of power in my employer's hands to leave me fulfilled or not fulfilled. Or an analogy to being a stay-at-home parent. You could be putting a lot of power into your day-to-day interactions with your child, how the day goes, etc., to leave you fulfilled or not fulfilled. But sometimes you have bad days. And we have to learn to be content and fulfilled regardless of how, of the direction a day swings. When it comes to traditional jobs, I try to pursue my passions in one job and then yet another job and another job. And I was often left disappointed. Now that I'm my own boss, so to speak, I realize that jobs can't do anything for me other than pay me. I can control some things though. I can alter my reaction to a job, create opportunities for myself, and be fulfilled. But this is a result of my own efforts around how I react to my environment and not a result of anything my job has given me. When I googled pursue my passions and similar phrases, most of the top results directed me in how to find a job I was passionate about, a paid job. Next to no information existed about finding passion in your current circumstances, about being passionate about where you're already at. My guess is because that's harder. It's hard work figuring out how to be content, how to care about something you might see as lackluster, and how to build an opportunity out of it. It's easier to quit and find the next job, find a new hobby, or distract yourself from the humdrum of daily home life instead of finding contentment and joy in it. What does contentment have to do with pursuing your dreams or passions? Well, it has to do with where we find fulfillment, which is very much related. A desire to pursue your passions elsewhere, outside of your current circumstances, could indicate a lack of contentment with where you're at. And I want to be careful with how I phrase that and be clear that it doesn't always mean this, but it can. And it's worth considering before you embark on some major life change. I don't know where you're at. Only you and God know if you are truly content with where he's put you and if you really are called to something else. But if you are discontent and attempt to make a major life change to pursue happiness or satisfaction... Know that you will be the same discontented person after you make the change. Because contentment is something that's inside of you regardless of what's going on. Who you are inside won't change when you change your circumstances. In my personal experience, when I pursued passions outside of my current opportunities, like looking for the next best thing, it was because I was discontent and would rather try to change my circumstances than to change my mindset or heart. Because it's, it's easier. It's, it's too hard to do the work on yourself, right? It also reflected a grass is greener mentality that often led to disappointment. First things first, pursuing your passions starts with learning to be content where you're at. Discontentment is not a firm foundation for new lasting change. And I'll refer to a wise older person to prove me right here. Socrates said, 
He who is not contented with what he has would not be contented with what he would like to have. He understood that contentment comes from adjusting your state of mind, not your state of living. Where you are is your current opportunity. It's your opportunity to be passionate. It's your opportunity to be fulfilled and be content. It is the lowest hanging fruit you have. If you haven't pursued it, if you haven't chosen to be content where you are and made the most out of what it has to offer you, then what makes you think you would do any better if you were to move on or change your situation or pursue your passions elsewhere? Deeply assess your current situation before assuming that the solution to your discontentment is a new one. What is contentment? Some people think it just means happiness, but it's, it's a much deeper satisfaction. This topic is really interesting to me, and I've read a lot about it recently as I've tried to understand why so many people are discontent, frustrated, dissatisfied, and constantly looking for the next best thing. Contentment is a quiet, inward, gracious, pleased frame of spirit in every condition and situation. And that last part is most important. You can be content regardless of conditions and situations. A contented person submits to God's will and does not wait for better circumstances in order to make good choices in his life. Instead, he does the best he can with whatever he has in whatever condition he is in at any time. Contentment, therefore, isn't circumstantial. It is within you, and I believe it is a reflection of my satisfaction in God's will. I believe God knows what our path will be, where we will end up at any given time, and knows what trials and challenges we need to grow and become better people. We are therefore supposed to be content with where we are because discontentedness reveals a lack of trust and pleasure in God's plan for us. Learning to be content with where God put me means that I learn to see every trial and challenge as sanctifying. I see every situation as having a higher purpose, and I see complaining as being dissatisfied with his will for me. So instead, I choose to be grateful for where he's put me, find the lesson in my current circumstances, find the opportunities where I'm at, make the best choices I can where I'm at, and make change with great care, ensuring that I'm coming from a place of gratitude and satisfaction rather than frustration. I don't always do this perfectly, by the way. I think I've said before that I'm often talking to myself in these podcasts. I'm telling myself what I need to do better at. But this is what I figured out and learned to be true, and I just want to share it with you. While imprisoned in Rome, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. So if we're supposed to be content in every circumstance, then contentment is not circumstantial at all. If you learn contentment, you will learn to not look to the next new thing to bring you happiness or satisfaction, and will feel assured that the grass isn't always greener elsewhere. To be clear, contentment doesn't mean complacency. It doesn't mean you don't desire change or shouldn't change if change is necessary. But you should ensure that you are a content person before you embark in that big change. 
As Socrates said, change, well, I'm paraphrasing, but change as a result of discontentment is ill-motivated and might result in more disappointment. So your challenge is to consider how you can find gratitude and opportunities in your current circumstances first. Exhaust the options where you're at. Learn to find passion where you're at. The next thing to think deeply about before embarking on a big change or pursuing a new passion is how does it help you become the person you want to be? My dissatisfaction with my former career in the end was related to the fact that I hadn't figured out what my vision or purpose was for my life. I hadn't figured out what kind of person I wanted to be. I had spent a lot of time focused on what I wanted to do, but not much time on who I wanted to be. After years of toiling in the careers that I hated, moving from one job to another, I realized that the problem was me. I was the common denominator among these jobs. No matter what changed, I was still unhappy with where God had put me. So instead of continuing to wrestle with that, basically wrestling the inevitable, I took the time to figure out who I wanted to be and how I could organize my life to make that possible. What I wanted to be was a peaceful person, free from anxiety and unrest. This required dedicating myself to God and freeing my schedule and time of commitments that just weren't good for me. When I focused my pursuits around who I wanted to be instead of what I wanted to do, it actually became easier to pass each workday with contentment. I was content not because my job was any different, but because my mindset was. Now, with that same mindset and focus, it's much easier to also be content staying at home. Though there are days where I do very little that is glamorous or interesting or validated and praised, I am content because my contentment is grounded in where God has put me, which is right here, and because I'm focused on who I want to be more than what I am doing. I can pursue that focus no matter what I do with each of my days and no matter how the day goes. So take a moment to consider what kind of person you want to be now and in the future. Do you want to be generous, kind, wise, or something else? Whatever kind of person you want to be, make it your vision for your life. My vision is to be as peaceful as possible. I chose peace because it is the most elusive trait for me. I'm naturally more high-strung and anxious, and I don't want to live that way. So I intentionally chose something that was hard for me, but something that I needed. Once you have your vision, consider how you can orient your life in a way that makes it possible to achieve someday. Every choice, every action, and every commitment carries an opportunity to get closer or further from your vision. When you have that perspective, it is easier to be content in pursuit of your vision regardless of your job or what's going on at home it's easier to find opportunities to become passionate about where you're already at because you can focus on who you are regardless of what you're doing. I now feel like I can find a passion to pursue on a daily basis because everything I'm passionate about leads back to helping me be more peaceful. It makes me passionate about being more forgiving, more spontaneous, more reflective, more creative, and more easygoing. When a baby throws a wrench in my plans, I can actually be passionate about how I react well to that. It makes me passionate about opening my Bible or helping my friends. My life is about who I am now, not what I do. 
and it makes pursuing my passions a much more flexible concept. I wrote a blog called What Kind of Person Do You Want to Be in 20 Years about living this purpose-centered life, and you can find it on my website if you want to learn a little more about that. I wanted to emphasize the point about who you are versus what you do first to address what I think is at the core of a lot of people's motivation to pursue their passions and their reason for their dissatisfaction with where they're at. They're looking for contentment in these circumstantial things like what they do, and they're often let down. So now, all of that being said, there are times where you want to do something you really care about. Beneath my pursuit of being a peaceful person, which I prioritize and am passionate about, I have other passions and things that I like to do. I just don't center my life around them. I I just bring them with me and fold them into my current circumstances. It's fine and great to find a job or a hobby you love to do. I hope you find that. I hope you don't spend every day hating what you do. There is 100% nothing wrong with wanting to do something specific and wanting to enjoy it. As long as you don't expect that thing to fulfill you in any way. Instead of following your passion no matter what and expecting it to do anything for you, find a way to fold your passion into your life and bring it with you. Find opportunities for passion where you're at. I could really sum up this whole podcast with those last couple of sentences. Now, there may be real reasons to be dissatisfied and aim to change your life once you've solved your contentment problem and are clear on who you want to be. So if you're still feeling dissatisfied, let's talk about that. Why is that? And if you aren't dissatisfied, but still want to pursue your passions elsewhere outside of your current circumstances, why? Why can't you where you're at? Have you exhausted your opportunities where you're at? Why are other passions calling you? And what will they do for your life? It's important that you dive deep and really interrogate yourself. If you want to figure out what's really going on inside of you, what desires you truly have, and make a solid path to pursue your passions, You could start by dissecting why you're feeling the way you're feeling and dive deeper and deeper into that line of questioning. If you can't grill yourself very well, and honestly, not many of us can, we often tell lies to ourselves or or say things that we firmly believe that don't really make sense. It's best to enlist the help of a spouse or a trusted friend to ask you about your whys and really grill you. I talk about this idea of discerning your whys a lot. Understanding why we do anything is super important before you embark on any change. Why do you do the jobs you do? And what are you looking for them to provide? Are you content with where you're at? Can you find passion where you're at? Just like how your spouse can't make you happy, neither can a job or anything else you do make you feel good, at least not in a lasting, meaningful way. This is why pursuing your passions above all else is futile. You're bound to be let down. Contentment, however, is not based in your circumstances or whatever passions you pursue. It's something you carry with you and it honestly makes it easier to find passion where you're at when you are content with where you're at. So before looking for it elsewhere, consider to find it now, here, today. In summary, this week was kind of that yield sign or yellow light If you have some passion you want to pursue, just take a pause and do some hard thinking first. But the key thing to remember for now is that passions are a fleeting thing to center your life around. 
Next week, we're going to dig into the more tactical part of this message. Next week is closer to something resembling a green light, and we will talk about how to find the right intersection of passions, gifts or skills, and opportunities, how to stay motivated, and how to move forward even in the absence of validation. See you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like the podcast, the best way you can help out is to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can visit my website, youruncommonlife.com, to read blogs, find podcast transcripts, and more. Please join my Facebook group, Your Uncommon Life Community, to join a group of supportive people.